today on Growth Mindset University. You always say less than you need to, right? And you just know what people, people just want to feel confident in you. Like that's it. That's all people look for. And, and how, do you, how do you make people confident in you? You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. Welcome to today's episode of Growth Mindset University. I am Jordan Paris, and we're doing things a little bit different today. We are strained from our normal release schedule just for this week of Monday at 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Thursday. We're releasing an episode today. Obviously, you're listening to this. And then tomorrow, we'll also be releasing an episode. And then Monday and Tuesday as well. So the next four weekdays. And they will be re-releases of our best episodes. We've done so many tremendous episodes of Growth Mindset University, over 200 episodes, so many of my heroes. And these are a few of the greatest in terms of quality of conversation and the number of listeners that tuned into these conversations that I will be re-releasing over the next four weekdays. And we're re-releasing them because we have so many new listeners that haven't heard these episodes. So I wanted to put these out as cornerstone content of Growth Mindset University to get our new listeners more acquainted with Growth Mindset University. And as I said, so many tremendous episodes over the past two and a half years, over two and a half years. And you can find our best of collection. We're about one out of five episodes. Make it to this collection at jordanparis.com slash best, where you'll find all of the greatest episodes of Growth Mindset University. Now, today's episode that we're releasing is with Ryan Serhant. Ryan is the star of Million Dollar Listing New York on Bravo TV. Maybe you've seen that show or you've heard of it. I think probably you have. <laughs> and this episode with Ryan, it's funny because when I was recording it, I didn't think it was my best episode. I felt thrown off by something, something I picked up, my brain picked up that distorted my perception for the rest of the podcast. But I heard so many times from listeners that, yeah, my favorite episode is the one with Ryan Serhant. So people really enjoyed this one. So I'm putting this one back out today. After re-listening to it myself, I enjoyed it. This is Ryan Serhant on how to sell yourself. And who better to learn this from than somebody who sells billions of dollars in real estate every year. And this is really what Growth Mindset University is about. Not just learning the lessons we should have learned in school but did not, but learning from the people that we should have learned from. People who have been there, done that. Actually, not even been there, done that, but are there and are doing that. These are real practitioners that are world-class at the thing they currently do, not the thing they did maybe 20 or 30 years ago, and they're regurgitating theory from a McGraw-Hill education textbook in a university classroom. That's not what this is. That's not what Growth Mindset University is. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Ryan Serhant. 
RyanSirhant.com. Everything's there. But I love watching Million Dollar Listing New York on Bravo. I only started uh, season eight. I didn't. I haven't watched any other seasons. But I am now. I'm now fully like on board. Love watching the show. Uh, at Ryan, the first couple of seasons, <laughs> in my opinion, are are the best because they're the craziest. Because we were all, you know, in our twenties, like running around trying to sell ten million dollar apartments, not really knowing what we're doing. The market was so messed up eight nine years ago, you know. Um, so it was tricky, 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 tricky. Yeah, so those are those are my favorites. Actually, I feel like I definitely have to watch season one because. As I heard the story from you several several times, like yeah. you didn't really know you as you just said here, you don't know you didn't know what you were doing, and you hadn't really you pretended like to get on the show like you were this badass real estate agent, like you could you you sold all this stuff, but like in reality, like you hadn't really sold anything, <laughs> and you got on the show, <laughs> and so and so like what you get on the show and you're left to your like own devices, like all right, what do I do now? Yeah, I mean, I had sold some things. I was working on a building um, downtown, but I hadn't, you know, I didn't sold as much as the other guys on the show at the time and everybody else that they were interviewing. So I didn't, I didn't lie in my auditions. I just, when they said, are you, you know, how good of a broker you are? I'm like, I'm the best. Like, okay, how much have you sold? I was like, I sold a lot. You know, I like, <laughs> I came in there with a, 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 you know, a certain level of confidence um, without being a dick about it, right? Like, you sure. still have to be humble. You still have to be appreciative of everybody. You still have to be happy, excited. You know, selling yourself or selling a product at the end of the day is just a transfer of enthusiasm. Like, you're selling excitement for tires or for shirts or for, uh, you know, real estate. So, that's what I did. But yeah, then I got cast on it. Um, and Bravo said to us, we're going to cast four of you. So the first season, they cast four of us, four agents well, is, in New York City. So you, Frederick, and... Michael Lorber, and then another girl. Um, oh. And then they told uh -huh. us, they're like, listen, we're going to film the whole season with all four of you. And then uh, we're going to cut one of you. So whoever's the best will make it. And whoever's the worst, we're going to cut. And you're going to film for six months. And we're not going to tell you until... The show airs and we're like I, I lost like 10 pounds from stress and mm -hmm. it was because all of a sudden you put your whole life into this thing you're running around the city all day every day picking up the phone and so all it really did was it forced me to cold call it forced me to stop people on the street it forced me to go back to like expired listings that had expired years ago you know i was doing direct mailing everywhere just saying hey my name is ryan serhant um i'm a real estate agent in new york city i'm gonna be on a tv show called million dollar listing new york maybe you've seen the one in la um, i'd love to sell your home i think we can get it a lot of exposure if we put it on tv what do you so, think so that's part of the pitch like i'm on this tv show do you think that really influences a lot like the listings that that you get or do you think do you, do you think you'd be getting these listings like without you know that subtle part back then when i first started i mean million dollar listing made my career now now it doesn't matter um but what matters now actually is youtube youtube is the new bravo like my ability to take, you know, property tours, edit them on my own with my team, film something yesterday, put it up this coming Wednesday and put it in front of millions of people who can then see it, you know, as long as the lighting is good, the editing is good and all that stuff is like millionaire listing can't do that. You know, with, yeah, like 11 months that way. Yeah. Millionaire listing, whatever I filmed today might come out in October or November. Right. Well, 
we, you know, we, we, you know, you mentioned selling yourself, and I, I want to point out that you know the last place people can find you, uh, you know, I mean, of course, there's many places people can find you. I got this book right here, sell it like Sirhan. It's a signed copy. I oh, got nice. it. Uh, yeah, I got it. Like, um, I read it back in August of, of nineteen. I think I read it a long time ago. Thanks, but, man. Uh, yeah, it's a great book. I think one of my favorite things is a follow up, follow through, follow back. Of course, a story of. Mr. X, you know, but we're not going to talk about that here because people can get sell it like Sirhant, how to sell more, earn more, and become the ultimate sales machine. They can get it on Amazon, they can get it in Barnes and Noble like I did, and uh, yeah. So there's no point in talking about Mr. X here because they can get it. They can get it there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so so I, and also Ryan, I want to like I want to clear this like once and for all. We say it here. We never got to say it again. People say. Like your name is Ryan Serhant, okay? Yeah. I heard you on like uh the like Google's podcast, yep. like talks with Google. And the person in the intro kept saying Serhant, and I was like, yeah. no. Like that right, that's not it. I mean, it's whatever you want. I mean, I say Serhant, but I, you know, it's 2020, people are very fluid these days and and everything. So some people say Serhant and I I never I, I mean, like I don't ever correct people. Sure. Whatever. Okay. Doesn't matter. Cool. So, uh, so I'm, I'm really curious, man, like how, how, what is it like to live such a, a public life? Like, how does that, how does TV say affect your family? Cause you have a wife and a, baby. a kid and a baby, right? And you know, you're, it's not just you, like, there's not just shots of you like selling, but like, there's also like shots and like crucial moments uh, uh, with your family. Like, how does that affect your, 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 your life? Um, to be completely honest, I've been doing million dollar listing to millions and millions of people around the world since I was 26, uh, before I had a wife, before I had a baby, before I had the life I have now. So I've sort of like grown up with it, you know, um, like I, I realize now that you really grow up in your kind of in your twenties. You know, like I, I wasn't really an adult yet. When I was 25, 26, I still felt like I had just graduated college and just trying to figure things out. But you really grow up when you're definitely in your late 20s and obviously in your early 30s. Um, and so I don't know, man. Like it's okay. It's not. It's it's not a terrible thing. Sometimes it's weird. I'm sure but, it's not. <laughs> you know, but it's um. Uh, but it's you know I, I use it right. You got to use it. Anything you have, you use it. All exposure is good exposure, especially when you're selling something. So I I sell real estate. So I milk it all day long, right? And I mm-hmm. push it out there. Whether even if it's just for Instagram or Twitter, or Facebook or YouTube, you know, the more people who feel like they know me, the better my chances are of selling those people homes. And sure. that's okay. And to the agents out there in the world listening who who don't like that, then that's fine. Like you don't you don't have to put yourself out there if you don't want to, but I'm telling you, if you do, you will make more money. You will sell more real estate. You know, it's just part of the it's part of the business now. Sure. You mentioned college. I actually like, I actually want to go back. I want to, I, want, I do want to talk about, about college for, for a brief second, maybe your experience with it. But before we get there, like, like what kind of, what kind of kid were you in high school, Ryan? <laughs> high school? Um, I don't know. Trying to figure out the uh, architect. I don't want to say like loser. I just like. Well, I was, so it'd be okay if. if yeah. There. I was, um, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was uh, terrible at sports. So I did theater. I was like the one 
guy who did theater. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys, but mostly not. Um, and that was kind of like my friend base. You know, I just would do my homework. I really like movies, uh, you know, TV shows. I always kind of like the idea of one day being on TV and acting and, um, being on stage. I like making people laugh. Um, I was a little overweight. I had really, really bad skin. Um, so my, my, you know, super self-conscious about everything. Um, and it took me a long time to get through that. Probably not until like towards the end of college, you know? So I had zero confidence. I mean, I, but I figured out pretty early on how to, how to put forth kind of the image of confidence to get what I needed in certain situations. But deep down inside, it was not there. Mm. So fake it till you make it a little bit. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, it's not fake it till you, cause I meet a lot of people who fake it till they make it and you can tell, right. And I apologize for the sirens, but we are in Soho right We're, now yes, on Broadway. It's, it's okay. Um, you know, and I can, you can tell when someone's faking it, right? Like you can tell, like you just know when you meet them, you're like, yeah, you're full of shit. This is all bullshit. So for me, like, and I, and I knew that, like, I never wanted to fake it. You know, for me, it was kind of the opposite. It was just, it was own it, right? Own it. And you don't have to give all the details. So like when I was casting for Million Dollar Listing, like, okay, what have you sold? A lot. All right. Mm. And I've said like what? I talk about the one deal I had just done and talk about the story and how crazy that deal was. And by the end of the story, no one cares anymore. They're like, okay, but what about this or what about that? So it was, you know, and if say someone asked me how long I've been in the business, long time. Long sometimes, it, honestly, I, I forget. And I was premature yeah. gray when I was sixteen. So people just assumed I've been in the business <laughs> for a long time. Um I was going to ask, do you use like touch of gray or, or like, no. is it intense? But See, I went gray when I was 16 man. years old, man. That's, that's bizarre. Very bizarre. I mean, you make it work really well, but that's interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I, I used to be embarrassed by it when I was first moved to New York and I did a soap opera um, and I was doing theater work and stuff like that. I, I would dye my hair. Mm. Um, and so I had like, I, I don't know if you can tell in this video, but it's, I'm very white, like very pale. Um, and so I would dye my hair like dark brown because that's, mm. that's what my hair used to be. And it, it's, it was just weird, like just super strange. And so I have this really, really dark hair with really pale skin. I kind of look yeah. like a vampire. You know, when you, I, I wanted to even co comment too, I don't want to lose this. When you say like, you know, how much have you sold? A lot. It's almost like. Uh, the Fourth Law and the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Don't know if you're familiar, no. but it's um, it's always say less than necessary. Yeah. The more you go on, the less believable you are. And it yeah. kind of said, yeah. So. Yeah, you always say you always say less than you need to, right? And you just know what people people just want to feel confident in you. Like that's it. That's all people look for. And, and how do you how do you make people confident in you? Um, it's something I call big money energy, um, big that I figured out in doing a, a deal, uh, a long time ago. One of my first clients, actually, her name was Hazel. Um, and she wanted to buy an apartment. She found me on the internet because in 2009, you know, the way you got clients in the city is you'd post ads on the websites, you know, that weren't real, or you'd post open listings and Craigslist and all that stuff. Um, and so she found me on the internet. And uh, wanted to buy an apartment in the city for around $2 million uh, for her unborn child. 
It was an investment for her girl, her baby daughter that wasn't even born yet. She was pregnant, um, who she knew would eventually grow up and go to NYU. Um, and so, like, predetermined. And I knew, <laughs> yeah. And I knew when she came here and she was going to fly in, I was like, I need to project an image of success. I need to be confident. Um, and I need her to see that I'm not a kid because through the computer, she has no idea who she's dealing with. All right. I think at the time I was like VP of sales. So no one knows what that means. Um, and I had lost a lot of deals in part because I think people previously felt like they were just dealing with a kid. And so I scraped money together. All right. I got a good haircut. I shaved. I got a nice suit. Good haircut's really, really important, by the way. The whole yes. look is important. Yep. Got a nice suit, um, a nice white collared shirt. I got a nice tie. It didn't cost me a lot. Like altogether it cost me a couple hundred bucks probably. Um, made sure this suit actually fit me. A lot of people go get expensive suits and then they don't tailor them. And then it looks like you're wearing your dad's suit. Don't do that. Um, and I, uh, and I got a car, a car with a driver, um, for the two days she was here and I didn't make it look like it was anybody else's car. And she never asked, right? Because that way, like if you go and meet somebody right now for the first time and for the last 10 years, they've had really long hair and a huge beard, but you're meeting them today for the first time and they have a shaved head and they're clean shaven. That's your first impression of them. Right. You don't even know what they look like before. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't look weird. It doesn't matter. Right. So, um, so, and I, I, chauffeured her around the city. I did all my homework. I knew everything I did about all the apartments, all the areas I was showing her, even though I'd never shown any of these buildings before in my life, um, took around and she bought one for $2.1 million. Um, and there's kind of five steps to big money energy, right? The first is your look, right? It's how you, it's your appearance. And I know people don't care about it anymore. And if you follow a bunch of people on Instagram who tell you, you know, screw suits, just own who you are, that's fine if you can be successful that way. But if you can't be successful that way because people treat you like a kid or they think you don't have respect for them, then fuck what everyone else says and dress nicely, right? Um, it's all, it's what you know, right? So you got to know your stuff. Um, it's your attitude. You've got to have a positive attitude all the time. That, know your, hold on, know your stuff. Like you, you know, I mean, when you walk into those apartments that you're selling, Ryan, like you know, it seems like you know everything about it. Yeah, because you, it's, it's all there. You look it up and you memorize it. It's not that crazy. Um, you just got to know your stuff, right? You also have to be able to communicate. That's number three. So your ability to look someone in the eye, to talk to them honestly, to tell them what they need to hear, to communicate about the product or whatever else you're doing. Um, uh, and lastly, it's conviction, right? You got to have conviction in yourself. Um, you have to, like, you have to believe in yourself, right? And you got to know that you're the best. So same way I went into that million dollar listing audition. I knew like I'm the best here. And if you guys don't think that no problem, all good. Like everything's great. I'm going to go off and I'm going to sell more real estate. No, like no desperation in my pores. Like that was the big difference. Non-neediness. Yeah. Neediness is really unattractive in, in every sense and yes. in dating in, in sales. Yeah. Totally agree. Now that was like a two, $2.1 million listing. Okay, so I know Tyler, it was kind of chronicled over the past season with Tyler, like like that was his, you know, big struggle, like getting this, his first, like, you know, $10 million plus listing, you know, that sort of range. Yeah. Because uh, he kind of deals in $4 million. Yes. Now, did you have a similar struggle? Like, what was the first say over $10 million listing that you got? Was that like a, like a, I mean, because people are looking for experience, people who have sold that kind of, those kind of listings before, but 
there's a first for everything. And there's a point where like Ryan hasn't sold a $10 million listing before. And it's like hard to get it. Was that, was that the case? Yeah, but you don't like you don't go from a one million dollar listing to a ten million dollar listing, right. right? If you do, great, but you're probably not qualified for it. You 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 go up the ladder, you know, slowly. I mean, th- just literally, the ladder is that's the reason people talk about you know going up the ladder all the time because it's a it's a great analogy. Like, how do you go from the bottom of the ladder to the top without? going rung by rung by rung by rung like you don't jump right this is an american ninja warrior like you you go slowly but surely so the million dollar listing client right has friends who are in that same price point who can afford other million dollar homes the people that are going to come into that property are there because they can afford that price point one of those people is going to buy something or sell something up to and around one five right? A little bit. So you live kind of in that 10 to 20% threshold where you can push yourself. The 1.5 buyer knows people that can afford things up to two, two, two to 2.5, 2.5 to three, 3.5, then 5 million, then six, then seven, then maybe you're in the $10 million range. Um, But you do it slowly, right? It's slowly but surely because you need to then be able to speak from a point of experience. Then it's not so much about confidence because then you're going to start meeting people who are like, okay, well, what did you sell that's in my price point? And you got to be able to say that thing right over there. Right. You know, it's harder to be able to say, I never have before. Definitely. Do you, so like when you get up, I mean, do you get, like when you're selling something that high of a price and the potential commission is like $200,000, $400,000, do you start to have a little bit of performance anxiety, even though you've done it so many times, feel a little bit nervous or did you ever? Um, I think early on I was nervous about uh, not being able to pay my rent, right? And you always get nervous about losing deals. I mean, that's why the book, Sell It Like Sirhan, was initially called Balls Up because it's no kind of like- Yes, I sold it to the publisher as balls up because it's it's what I say all the time, right? You want to have as many balls in the air as possible. Oh yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay. Right, and it's 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 in the book all the time. I think I say the word balls like a hundred times um, because you want to keep as many balls in the air as possible. And the best salespeople who have the best sales careers are the ones who know how to control the balls that are falling. So you know how to juggle as many different things as possible and you know how to create a system for it and how to structure your day for it and how to stay positive for it. And that's, that's all in the book. Um, Mm -hmm. um, And so, you know, you always get sad when a deal dies because it's like, oh man, that was a big deal or I'm going to lose that money. But at the same time, if you do the job correctly, you'll, you'll have 15 more balls in the air at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe not 15 because you just started. Maybe you'll have at least one or two. So, you know, if that falls, no problem. You're going to figure out how to pick it back up, throw it back up into the air while at the same time going and catching those three. Well, when a ball is really, really falling and, you know, uh, the person you're you're selling for is really not happy with you. Yep. Say, Mr. What's his name? Ian Reisner. Sure. (laughs) Is that his name? Yeah. Funny guy. Um, what, you know, and of course I saw, you know, that situation play out, but like typically what, what do you do to really get that ball back up in the air, Ryan? It's a lot of personal attention. It's your ability to sit with somebody, talk to them, hold their hand, um, uh, make them feel important, make them feel special and walk them through facts 
right? And sometimes people are just going to be stubborn to facts. And at that point, you have to make a decision, right? Like it's life is short. Do you want to deal with people who are stubborn or, or do you not? Or do you know that you have the, the capability to get this person across the finish line, even if they are going to mentally abuse you? And in which case, do it, right? But you can't complain about it. I have lots of clients like that where I just know dealing with them is just awful, awful, yeah. awful. Um, uh, but you have to also be willing to walk away. Like yes. the power of saying, you know, no is oftentimes more important than the power of saying yes. You know, I, I'm not one of those people who says no all the time because in our business, you want to have as much going on as you possibly can. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit different. Um, but, you know, you have to be willing to walk away from things that are not closable and you have yeah, to be willing to call it, important. right? Because how important is your time? That's the most important thing you have all day long is your time. You only have so mm-hmm. much time. Yeah, being willing to walk away is is a show, a great show of non desperation too. So correct. But like, what about? Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. See, sometimes this happens in interviewing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what it is. So like, sometimes you have the client that's difficult in the sense that they view their property as like eighteen million dollars, but really it's. You know, in this market, like it's worth fourteen five, but you gotta like convince them. I I would have, as a totally non-confrontational person, I would have a lot of trouble like getting that out. What is it, Ryan? Like, do you just like you just say it? Like, you just work up the courage to be like 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 you just say it like it is. Uh, yeah, but it's never my opinion. I never walk into a property and say, I think it's worth $14 million and you think it's worth 18. We're too far apart. I walk through, I mean, I want every property to be worth $100 million. That would be great. And I want every you, property you, you to sell a great commission. Sure, right? And that would be awesome. I want everything to be worth more than even the seller thinks it's worth. But it's not up to me and it's not up to the seller. If the seller thinks it's worth more than the market thinks it's worth, then the seller should just buy it. Buy it to yourself. Sell it to your wife, right? So you sit down and you let, facts do the deal, right? You let facts tell the story and you sit and you look at it and then you work on it. And sometimes, you know, you take a listing a little bit higher than you want, but you have that open dialogue with the seller where at least, you know, together, we're going to try it. Let's see. We could get totally, totally surprised in which case, good thing we tried it. But if not mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks, if no one shows up, you're then going to be you know, sitting stale on the market and then you're screwed. So we cannot do that. And I'm here to make sure that doesn't happen. What about like, what do you think the most expensive listing is that that you've ever had? It's different for me because we sell entire buildings, you know? So mm-hmm. like we have a building we're selling now where the sellout is $600 million. Um, and so uh, most expensive individual listing, I don't know. Right. We, just, we just sold a house on the ocean for 40, uh, 40 million bucks. You know, that was a good one. I think I've had more expensive. No, I had a listing once for 118 million, but mm. it didn't sell. Mm. A lot of that stuff doesn't sell. Yeah, or that well, they do sell, they take like three years. Yeah, I was looking on I was looking on Zillow for fun because because Zillow's fun, and uh, man, there's some some apartments there. I uh, 63.5 million dollars. Actually, I tagged you on Instagram in this one. 63.5 million. I said I said I'll give you 62.5 best and final. Oh, nice, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, there are some unbelievable apartments. Like this one had literally a like it's like top floor penthouse, gigantic. Like I swear it's like three floors. Yeah, and like p- whole full pool inside, just. And New York City. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. You know, there's a lot of money out there in the world. Maybe maybe not now anymore because coronavirus mm. has killed it all. But uh, yeah, now, and now the world's ending, and and we're not even going to live to see this podcast air. So yeah, true. Yeah. Kidding. It's uh, I think I think the fear is definitely the virus. For yes, sure. for sure. Always. Yeah. But what about like you know we talk about your late your 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 acting interest in high school and you know you like theater. Uh, what's like the relationship been like between acting and say selling? I, I, I see there's probably a lot of carryover translation there. It's all the same. Um, right. I put, yeah, that's in the book too. Like it's, it's the same exact business. I think I just spend more time at a desk, uh, as a salesperson that I, than I would have as an actor, but that maybe not like as an actor, maybe I'd be writing my own material, you know, and I think you have to do that. You have to create your marketplace as an actor, you know, unless you get super lucky and you get cast and everything in real estate, it's the same thing. Like I got to sit here and I got to create a marketplace. I got to go figure out where I'm going to go get new business. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, do you, you have to, reach out to people coldly. Same thing when you're acting in New York City, you're sending out your headshot and your resume to everybody. Um, and then when you're in front of people, it's all an improv. You know, it's your ability to say yes and. It's your ability to just to talk to people about anything. Find something in common with them because people, uh, and I say this all the time, people hate being sold, but they love shopping with friends. Yes. you. I, the first time I heard that, you were being interviewed by David Meltzer. And I told David, like, wow, like, I, I, I literally in my message to him, like 2018 sometime, uh, I was like, wow, that really stuck out to me. And yeah, I always remembered that. Yeah, it's, it's true, but it's true. Like It you, is. Same with like car buying. Like, or like anything, I, any store. Yeah. And no one, you don't walk into any store and have someone say, hey, can I help you? Do you want this? We have a two for one sale. Bah, 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 bah. Right, right, right. No right. one's like, oh, wow, thank you so much. No, you're <laughs> like, dude, get away from me. You're the reason I buy things on the internet. You know, it's like mm. you, you want to create, compliment people. It's so easy, you know, compliment them on their shirt that they're wearing today, compliment them on their hair, you know, on what they're wearing, say hello, find something in common, and then make sure you're giving them information of value. Like, even if it's not a deal, it's like, dude, we just got these new pair of shoes in. They were just worn, you know, by LeBron on, on Friday night. I'm not sure if you saw that game. They're insane. We only got one pair if you want to check it out. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool, right? But you got to know that that person walking in might be interested in those shoes. If it's not, then you got to have another item of value that you're talking to people about. Like, don't just talk for the sake of talking. Always have value, right? Always have a reason. And it's you don't have to wing it. When you get into the store, if you're working in retail, or you're selling, you know, at Verizon or whatever you're doing, you know, just know going into it every day. All right, here's what I'm selling today. Here's the value I'm going to give everybody that's walking in today. And if you got no one walking in the store, go outside with a sign or with some flyers and talk about what you have of value. Get people to come into the store. You know, like there's always people. There's always people everywhere. Unless you live in a place where you're the only person, then I have no idea why you still live there. Ryan, you're savvy. One of the final things I want to talk about is uh, is your follow-up, follow-through, follow-back. I think that you, with this, taught me uh, more than anything. Like When I think a deal is dead, when I think a, a potential sale is no longer a potential thing, yeah. uh, to just keep being like super persistent and borderline like annoying no 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 cannot be annoying well (laughs) well i i think just like keep being their friend yeah listen keep following up 
just checking in on them. Nothing about the sale, really. You know, not talking about that, but just keep it in contact. I have never followed up with somebody who told me to stop following up. And people have told me, you know, I bought something else. Sorry. Okay. No problem. Um, or, Hey, no, I'm working with another agent. Okay. No problem. Or please stop sending me emails. No problem. You know, the people that I followed up for the longest period of time who ended up buying through me are just people that are busy or who, when I met them, they were interested in finding a home or selling a home, but then their life changed, you know, like they had a baby or their kid got into college or their job changed or they just got busy. Like moving a home is a life changing moment that you'll remember for the rest of your life. So people don't do it lightly. And so you just touch base, send comps, talk about the weather, the market, you know, if good things have sold in the area, remind them of that, you know, put them, make sure they get your newsletter, you know, touch base, touch base, touch base, but don't be annoying. Like I don't follow up with people every single day. Sure. Yeah, well, of course not. I mean, I follow up with people every day, but not the same person every day. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, it may have been you know, the case too with a lot of these, with a lot of these people that you do have to follow up with. Like, you know, maybe when you when you met them, uh, it was it's like right person, wrong time, yeah. and it might be the right time later. You know, you just gotta keep the the bridge there. Don't burn it. Uh, don't let it. Don't let the bridge evaporate, so to say. Yeah, keep it there. I yeah. think it's really important. Ryan, what, what do you? What would you think? Say is like the difference between an agent that sells, you know, two thousand dollar a month like rentals versus an agent that sells ten million dollar listings. What? What? Are, what? Are the, what's like the main difference? Um, honestly, the main difference is experience. Um, and willingness to move up. Um, a lot of times the difference is also the network. You know, like I said, if you are surrounded by people that can buy and sell $10 million apartments, you are then going to be the person who buys and sells $10 million apartments. Mm -hmm. If you surround yourself with people who can rent $2,000 a month apartments and need $2,000 a month spaces and then have $2,000 a month problems, you are going to be a product of the people you surround yourself, right? You are the people you keep. Like I say that all the time. Like you need to surround yourself with people that you want to be like, right? Do not surround yourself with people where it's easy to be like them. So like don't be the richest guy in the room. You know, surround yourself with people that are way bigger and way better than you yeah, because they also want to help you. Mm -hmm. Like my biggest clients, I'm with them all the time. Listen, I, I, I sell almost a billion dollars worth of real estate every year. I surround myself with people who don't even blink an eye to that. You know, they are major players and they want to help me. They're like, yeah, Ryan, Ryan, you're, you're good, right? You can sell this. It's a building for 200 million. You want to do it? Uh, sure. Yeah. Great. <laughs> never, never done that before. But if I surrounded myself with just the same friends I've always had or people that are just comfortable that want to just sit and watch mm. Netflix, my life isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Like you, it's the most important thing. Like if you want to have big money energy, you need to surround yourself with people that you want to be like five years from now. 10 years from now. Yeah. Speaking of those, like those 200, you know, selling the, the whole building, like how do you find all these opportunities? You told us how you reach out, you know, like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Ryan you know, on, on the show, blah, blah, blah. But like, how do you find these opportunities? It's all public information. You know, for me, it's real estate. So everything's public. I see who has expensive listings. I see who bought 
an expensive home five years ago who might now want to resell. And you can, things are fucked up right now. Like you can see who bought something five years ago. You can then find that person on Instagram. You could see that they had a baby a year ago. That person might need to move, (laughs) reach out, help them out. Like there are brokerage companies that are being started now whose whole business model is doing exactly that is predictive sales, right? It's just figuring out through all the social media information that we have out right now, all the, the people info, the census data, um, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, is, is huge. Right. And you can use that to your advantage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ryan, this has been great. I've got, uh, I've got one final question. It's a question I ask everyone at the end. If you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? (laughs) How to sell. (laughs) How to sell. That would be my, that's what I know how to do. I would teach people how to sell. Excellent. Ryan Serhant, sell it like Serhant at Ryan Serhant, million dollar listing, ryanserhant.com. Ryan, you're the man. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, man. I'll talk to you later. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University. Have you ever thought of starting a podcast of your own? Maybe you already have one, but if you haven't, think about that. When I first started Growth Mindset University, it wasn't pretty. Had no idea what I was doing. Wasted a lot of time, money, effort, energy. And it took me years of trial and error to figure things out. I was growing as I was going, as I like to say. So why not skip the line? Jump ahead a couple of years and become a rock star podcaster right now. I have a course all about podcasting called, of course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. And people over the past year have been loving it. Ben says, I have to say that your video was easily one of the most transparent and helpful podcast walkthroughs I've seen. Picked up a lot of useful tactics, more than I originally thought I would. My friend Janiad, he said, Jordan, this course is so good. You've helped me so much in getting my podcast started, and I am eternally grateful for that. And now janiah has been podcasting for almost a year, and he's doing it the right way. So go to jordanparis.com slash course for free access to my course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Again, that's jordanparis.com slash course to get access to the free course. And by the way, I have more free resources for podcasters, including a document with 12 interview tips. Visit my company website, trendup.media, instead of .com, it's .media, for access to these free resources. Again, that's trendup.media. Thank you.